the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Well, aloha and welcome again to the believer's journey. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting us. Um, if you're watching this uh, video, I ask that you'll subscribe to our channel, that you'll uh, comment. Uh, I do look at your comments. I do respond to comments. And that you'll like us if you like us. So anyway, I want to thank you for uh, again for coming. I want to let all of you uh, Punahou Alumni, alumni know that I'm wearing your colors today for uh, Hawaii, and uh, I know my wife is on their uh, high school committee and trying to get people to go to their reunion next year, so I thought I'd wear your colors and just say aloha. Um, today is going to be a really nice show. I have a, an old-time friend here. His name is Glenn Green. I've uh, known Glenn for 20 years. Yeah. And that was back when you were... You were um, Playing at the Lighthouse, right? With your little band, Laney McClellan was on. Laney and Ron, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Testify was the, yeah. <laughs> the name of the band. It was really a good band. It was fun. You know, it was fun. Those I, those were sort of cutting our teeth days yeah. <laughs> a little bit. In fact, when you went solo, it, it blew my mind. I thought you you're, you guys were good enough to go travel just as a group. And you went solo on your own, and you've done amazing work and amazing wow, amount of, of ministry, especially after reading everything you've done. Um, I just, well, plus, uh, when I was in a Christian Business Chamber of Commerce, you came and did a few concerts for us there. Yeah, yeah, sure so, did. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, super. So, um, Glenn is, um, well, he's a, an artist. He writes music, and he, uh, actually, I want to ask you a question. All the CDs, you've done now five records. Right. Um, do you write all of your own music? Predominantly. Uh, I have, I've cut two or three covers uh, in past albums, but, uh, but I, I really prefer to do my own and uh, over the years, as you can imagine, for most artists, we, you know, as we develop as songwriters, you really, you begin to write more and more. And so when I go into the recording process, I come in with lots of songs that I've written over the course of two, three, four years, depending on how long between albums. And so you come in with, with quite a few things that you really feel passionate about and you want to share with uh with the world out there and so um a lot of times it it leaves no room for for doing other things other than the things that you've written so well i know my wife uh susan she's a big fan of yours well that's sweet 
<laughs> I'm a fan of Susan's too. <laughs> so, and um, I think she, if I remember right, she wanted me to tell you hi. Uh, so. Well, please return that uh, hello for me. It's been a long time. Um, now, from what I understand, you've not only done five albums, you, you also have expanded your ministry into uh, workshops. You do songwriting right. workshops. And we're going to talk about more of this. You've gone to Uganda, and you've taken guitars there to help right. teach guitar and help expand that kind of ministry there. And you also go to Israel. Correct. And yeah. uh, and I'm fascinated with Israel. Yeah. My wife and I went to Israel, and that's on my bucket list to go again. I want to spend yeah. more time than we did. Um, but tell us about... I mean, your ministry, as we know most songwriters and musicians, uh, they write songs, they play songs, they cut music. You travel, you do concerts. But talk to us about you today. What do we, when we see Glenn Green, what do we see today? So, great question. Um, well, as, uh, as that songwriter portion, uh, up till about three and a half years ago, um, I, uh, I only was able to do my songwriting as a part-time thing. And so, um, my full-time, uh, ministry was actually as a worship pastor. And so I served in several churches in the surrounding San Antonio area and, uh, actually started when I was 19, uh, serving in the church, and I've been doing that ever since, and so it's been over 35 years that I've been serving in the church. However, three and a half years ago, uh, I, I really believe God presented an opportunity to us, and, and it looked, it, it didn't look like blessing at the time, uh, but I had been serving in a, in a church for a little over 13 years, and the pastor who had uh, started that community uh, was moved on, uh, and we stuck around for about six more months, but realized that God was then calling us out at that time, too, and I'd been raising up someone within the community uh, to sort of fill my shoes for that day that I would leave. And, and so we saw that uh, really as God's calling us into new places and new opportunities. And so three and a half years ago, I stepped away and sort of tilted the scales the other way. And I started full-time songwriting and part-time worship pastor. Um, and so I'm actually with a service called Guest Worship Services that um, is a nationwide service in many states. And uh, this gentleman sends me uh, opportunities to go and lead services for different churches in that sort of Austin to San Antonio corridor. And so Sunday to Sunday... I'm bouncing around all over the place, uh, going and traveling to these different churches. Sometimes I do a solo Sunday, or sometimes I'm working with their teams, and um, sometimes there are consulting opportunities with that, and so all sorts of things with that. But, um, but over these last three and a half years, as I've gotten to really dive sort of headlong into the songwriting, um, now... 
I, um, I spend my days at home uh, on a computer uh, and I am songwriting with people from all over the country and have relationships that I've built over these many years through different organizations like Write About Jesus and some others that, um, that now uh, I have roughly about seven songwriting sessions per week with different uh, just different artists and different songwriters. And and then with those songs that I'm writing, not only do I work on my own projects, uh, like the one that I recently released this last fall, my Christmas album, but I also write with artists for their projects or write to pitch on that Nashville scene. I have a friend, his name is Ray Jones. I don't know if you... I, I know Ray. Okay. Yeah. And he yeah. has a ministry. Sounds like he does kind of the same thing. He bounces from church to church. I, he, I heard that he had been sort of doing that itinerant thing as well. Yeah. So. He, he jo- in fact, uh, this, this particular Sunday in my church class that I teach, I'm having these missionaries that are coming from Moldova that will are be arriving, and so uh, he I had mentioned it to him. He's going to be in another church doing the same thing. He he does the worship, but he also teaches, you know, the, for choir purposes or workshops and so forth. Right, so, right. And yeah. so that's that's something else that more recently I've gotten into doing more of is um, working with churches and and their worship teams, that kind of thing. Um, and some of that has sort of cropped up out of some of my other side ministry things where, uh, where I've been going and leading retreats uh, in specifically in places uh, like East Texas, um, but then also abroad. And you mentioned uh, Israel and and then I also have ministry in Uganda and so doing some things there. I have to say, one of the things that I have always appreciated about you in, in your music is that it it really has always touched me on the basis that it's all about honoring Jesus. It's all about living that holy life to honor Jesus. And um, one of my favorite songs is um, something to praise. You did an album. Made to praise. Made to praise, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it's just, uh, the music is really, really cool. I mean, I well, like, thank you. I'm really about that kind of uh, lifestyle, that uh, music. And, and I, I really want to let you know that uh, I know a lot of musicians, a lot of them. I don't know how I know them, but I want to say that I really think that your music is really cool. Well, thank you, and and <laughs> when, when you're bringing up my my first album, Made to Praise, that's what that was. Um, I think about because I released that in '04 or '05, something. I think it was '04, yeah. and to think about the, <laughs> the span of time between that album and the one that I just released, and the difference <laughs> in in the music. Then it's so I love to hear that 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 music touched you touches you but 
But I will say that as a songwriter, I think I have improved vastly. <laughs> and uh, and I think uh, as you as you listen to the newer music, you'll see the difference too. Well, I think in the words, you know, we're talking about the words that that touch the heart. Yeah. You know, and and the the. Um, Album you're talking about is called Ornaments. It's a Christmas album. Let me hold it up to the uh, camera here. And it was released last year in the fall. And you could people can still purchase this. Yeah. It, it's interesting. When I typed in your name in Google, your name came up with a whole list of songs. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And you could listen to the, the music right out there on Google. Yeah, for sure. And uh, truly... When I started doing this, uh, it has it has never for me been about being found or making my fortune, uh, selling my music. Not not that I wouldn't mind having you know just people uh, helping to fund what what I'm doing musically by uh, by purchasing the songs. But uh, truly, it's it's always been about. For me, as a as a worship pastor, as a leader in the church, getting the the name of Jesus out to the ends of the earth and sharing what I believe are fundamental and foundational truths in God's word, but I get to do it as a spokesperson for God through song, and yeah. so it's it's really such an honor to be able to do that. Truly. Well, well, the other thing too is that you get to do what you love. Oh gosh, yeah, and, and that's that's in in eighth grade, and I I doubt many people can say this, but in eighth grade, I knew that I wanted to pursue music, and and since that time, did so, getting getting my degree in music, and and then being called into the church at an early age, and God just guiding that whole step and and I didn't believe that it was going to necessarily be that that the church would be sort of the pathway for my music way way back then but as I look back it was just it was a natural fit for yeah. me and and um so I have a question for you <clears throat> since it's all about music what is this thing you're writing a book so yeah <laughs> So on on this Christmas album, and, and I always always thought that I would love to do some sort of book, and I actually have some other ideas that uh, that hopefully I'll be able to step into. Maybe maybe when I grow up, I'll actually do some of these other things. Um, but uh, from this Christmas album, a dear friend of mine, Deb Drissel, she's one of my co-writers out of uh, St. Louis area. She and I wrote this fun little song on ukulele, and it was it was really kind of a silly thing. We were just, I had seen an idea on a blanket in Target, and, and it was talking about having a snow day. And so we wrote a song about a snow day, and it's just, it says, if I get a snow day, this is what I'd like to do. It might sound a little bit crazy, but what if even one of these ideas come true? And then it's all of these crazy things that kids, you know, and their wild imaginations might find fun. Well, after we wrote it, we were talking more about it. And I think it was Deb who said, you know, we should write a children's book. And we kind of laughed about it. And, uh, 
And then we said, you know, this would actually make for a great children's book. And so we've actually received the first half of our illustrations on that, and they are beautiful. We're so excited about it, and so we're looking to release that this fall uh, with the second season of the Ornaments album. So, oh, okay, so it's coming out with the album. So, yeah. With, now, now yeah. the book is going to be called Snow Day, What's and so the album would be called... Uh, so, Ornaments. well, the album is Ornaments, the, so it's, it's based on this last fall's release of that Christmas album. Uh, and so the song uh, from that album is then what we decided to okay. do the book on. So that'll that will release then this fall. So we're very excited about it. And and this is for both Deb and I our first uh, entry into that whole book idea. But we're already talking about a devotional and other things to follow. So <laughs> so tell tell us. Uh, your adventures and the ministry when, as you've built this ministry in Uganda. I'm really interested. In I think that people are interested in this. Yeah. So um, I, like, like many, um, so number one, I, I love to travel. Um, both my wife and I, early in our marriage, we began traveling, doing, doing world travel, but I had always wanted to go to Africa and that was, that was an area that I had, I had never been to. And when I came on staff with Riverside Community Church out in the community where we live, um, they had a ministry established in Uganda. And so... We actually uh, did a, an adoption card for a young girl, uh, and the opportunity rolled around the next year after we did that adoption. Uh, I shouldn't say adoption. We, uh, you know, we, oh, what's the word? You know, just support. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we had an opportunity then for me to go and meet her and so man I jumped on it and went that next year got to meet her but then through my church established connections with different people there in uh, Kampala and a little village area named Iganga and so through those connections with the church um, I began to think okay uh, we were actually going to paint some things and lead some other uh, sort of administrative areas of ministry. And and I truly, I, I stopped and I thought, you know, I have a specific set of skills that God, if if you would like to tell me how you would like for me to utilize those, I'll go and do whatever it is. And so I prayed about it. Three months later, I felt like I had an answer, and it was to take guitars and begin to teach. And so on that first trip, I actually took three, it was four, four guitars. And so the team all helped me to carry those over. And while they did most of the painting and the administrative stuff, I actually was identifying uh, young men and women to begin teaching and 
began developing this multiplication model um, that uh, I felt was God downloaded um, this multiplication model of teaching uh, these this handful of students, but then they were agreeing to take on two, maybe three students of their own to share everything that I had taught them. And the agreement was that I would leave a guitar with them. They would utilize that guitar for their ministry purposes within the church, um, but then also use it to teach. And I would come back in subsequent years and follow up with their students. And um, so it, it began to grow beyond what I ever thought. And in fact, so um, I sat, it was pre-COVID. Uh, I actually was there just prior to all the COVID stuff. And I actually got to sit in a circle uh, I, I counted 25 uh, students in this circle at this one church called Kokombo Church. And um, 25 uh, of these students, some of which I had never met. And it was, when we talked about it, it was four generations deep of students. And uh, as they went around, they would say, hello, daddy, because they all call me daddy. And it's just kind of a, a thing that they do there. And so they would say, I am, you know, John, who is a student of Richard, who was a student of Dennis, who was a student of you, Daddy. Hmm. And that was amazing. I just, I, I cried the whole way through as they're going around the circle uh, out in the courtyard of this church. And... Um, and fast forward uh, to this coming September 10th through the 21st, myself and a dear friend, Chris Gamble, we're heading over to Uganda. It'll be his first trip, but my ninth, I think. Um, and we're going to be carrying because uh, I've been collecting guitars while we've not been able to travel there. And so I have six guitars in, in my closet that are ready to go over and so we'll be taking those guitars with us and that will be guitars 27 through 33 that that will have taken over now wow so pretty fascinating to see god's hand in all of it and just to see the work that he has done uh through these students that i began with and to see how that has then multiplied it's been amazing. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And and it started as a humble idea. It still is a humble idea. But, you know, God takes the most humble of things and makes them, you know, amazing beyond what yeah. you're capable of. So, yeah. Wow. It's, it's been remarkable. And then you started a new another ministry, uh, workshops or uh, songwriting in uh, yeah. Israel. Yeah. So, and that's fairly new, right? Yes. Um, so I've, I've actually, again, my wife and I loving travel. We have traveled together to Israel many times. And <clears throat> I think she has been eight and I've been seven times to Israel. Um, and over the course of those years of travel, um, 
sort of like Uganda, we've established some relationships there, uh, built some friendships. We're now part of um, a board for an education uh, organization there and uh, have gotten connected to King of Kings Church over there. We're part of another board that is a school that is connected to that King of Kings Church. So we, we've gotten ourselves uh, pretty connected that way. And, and um, a few years ago, um, kind of seeing the success, I think, of Uganda and what was happening with Uganda began to daydream, if you will, and, and just think about what we might do utilizing those connections in Israel. And we had actually traveled. Our, our first trips were uh, under our pastor for Riverside Church, who was actually connected to Ray Vanderlan. And Ray Vanderlan, as you know, um, is uh, part of that The World May Know series. He's the founder of that uh, series uh, of videos and things. So we actually got to travel our first two trips under the teaching of Ray Vanderlan. And that was, wow, talk about getting excited about Israel and the Hebraic root. And um, so we, we have uh, just wanted to dive deeper and deeper and deeper ever since. And so in that daydreaming about what we might do with that and some of those connections began to think maybe maybe I should lead a tour of songwriters in the land. And as I was talking with people, um, what I was hearing uh, predominantly is that you know, a lot of a lot of artists will come and they'll they'll do tours with a fan base and things, but it's more of a concert tour idea, not a songwriting. Now, since then, I've heard of a couple of people doing these things, but uh, back in '19, when we actually uh, took our first tour, it was a it was kind of a novel idea, um, and so. What I did, so I, I'm actually part of this other organization uh, out of St. Charles, uh, Missouri. And my music mentor, Susie Smith, uh, is the founder of this organization, Write About Jesus. And I've been part of that group and organization, learning songwriting skills under Sue for the last 20 years. and um, And so having connections to songwriters through that organization and sort of the tentacles out from there as well. I spoke with Sue, who had actually traveled with me a few times to Uganda as well, because she took interest in that with me. And I began to say to Sue, hey, I've got this idea about taking songwriters to Israel, and I'd love to present that to some of our songwriter folks that write about Jesus. And she was over the top about the idea. And so we actually presented that uh, in 2018 at the conference that we had put on there. And, uh, and so we ended up taking 10 songwriters into the land. Wow. And we traveled all around uh, northern Israel and 
hitting sites from Mount Carmel to the Sea of Galilee, down into Jerusalem, um, the Jordan, I mean, all sorts of, all sorts of amazing, amazing places. And um, what we would do is we would go to some of these sites and uh, between the, the guide and myself, we would do these teachings uh, about the area, about the events that took place there, uh, you know, thousands of years ago. And then we would break off into groups of two and three, and we would write songs for that day. And the idea was that at the culmination of our 10, 11 day tour, that we would do a concert in Christ Church uh, in the city of David. Mm. And so at the end of our tour, we had uh, successfully completed between all of us 14 songs that we, we were able to present in a concert 10 of those songs and some of the stories that, that went along with it. And you want to talk about a bucket list thing oh my goodness to present a concert in this ancient chapel in the city of david right across from david's fortress oh man it was remarkable just remarkable that is so cool and you still do concerts today oh yes yeah so. i just i just did one this last fall uh, to release the the cd and um and so yeah um well um this is really fascinating. I'm going to have on our website, if anybody is interested in looking at this uh, right now, it'll be up today, um, a link to the website. If you're a songwriter um, and you are interested in the Israel um, yeah. travel and, and yes. songwriting, it, uh, there will be a link there that goes to a website. You can read about it. Um, I do have and I will have continue to have... Uh, uh, the email there for Glenn, if you are interested in what he does and you want to hire him for any reason, um, you will yes. all be on our website, and we don't take anything down on our website. It'll be there forever. I love so. that. Yeah, and I, I will just say to any songwriters out there that uh, though we haven't been able, because of COVID, to go back to Israel, there is a plan in effect to try to go back and do it again. And so... Uh, we're just looking at people's interest uh, for upcoming years. And so uh, if you are, we'd love to talk with you about it. Yeah. Now, I brought up uh, Ray Jones a little bit ago. Yeah. Um, he does something every few years ago. So um, it's, not, it's not consistently every year, but he goes to Moldova and he does um, a worship uh, seminar there and I know that one year he didn't get to go this last time he meant to um, but the year before that when he went there were represented at the workshop or the um, seminar were 200 churches mm. now I don't know wow. how many people that were there in the sanctuary they met at it was at KBC Ministries but you had uh, from churches all over the country that people traveled into Kishnau the, the um, capital and met there and so um, but I don't know if that's something that if I know that there's a lot of countries out there like Moldova like Uganda uh, who 
who crave help with their uh, ministry of, of worship and music? Well, I I am uh, as I said I'm I as a person who considers himself to be a world traveler. I'd love to see all of God's great creation, and so uh, man, I'd I'd love an opportunity to investigate places like that and um, just see see what God has. And I will say that one of the things that that I I believe for myself is that. Um, in order to sort of provide the the best of myself, um, I have not wanted to diversify so much that what I give out there in the world is too watered down. Um, you know, because uh, to to travel uh, takes a takes a lot of finances, takes a lot of time and. Energy. Yes. And so uh, I'm always careful about the things that that I'm saying yes to so that I'm a good steward of the the finances that God has for me, as well as the time that he's given me to give to all of these things. And, you know, as I'm stepping into books and albums and organizations that I'm that I'm part of and boards and all of these things, you know. Well, I remember back when um, I was on the board at uh, the Christian Business Chamber and we needed a, uh, I know that you did it twice, if not three times, but uh, we had uh, a Christmas and it was all day and you came and did it, and we didn't have hardly, I don't know if we had anybody, we hardly had anything, but you still came. And that impressed me because there are people, you know, unless you meet a certain dollar amount, People, there's people who won't do it, and you, you just weren't that way. And I just totally think that's amazing, and I like that. Well, thank you for that. And I, I have had sort of a philosophy, if you will, in it. Uh, my wife will recount of times in youth ministry and things like that where uh, early in my youth ministry, I'd have one or two kids show up for an event that I had planned for a weekend and... Um, and you know, I'd, I'd say, Hey, if you're, if you're here and you want to go and do this, I'm on. (laughs) So, uh, and we'd go and we'd have the best time. But what I, what I've found is that when I've said yes to those things, there's actually a greater amount of intimacy that you can have between people as opposed to the the big things where, you know, as you're singing or doing with the masses, you don't get to touch lives as deeply and personally. And so I actually love when those things happen and I get to meet people uh, a little more in a personal way. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you're interested and you want to ask questions uh, to Glenn, uh, again, my website is available or... Um, and you can go to the page and click on uh, email to website, and uh, I'm sure Glenn will get back to you. For sure. Uh, he does have five albums out. He's coming out with a new one this, this year, another Christmas? Nope. Nope. Next it's year. just, yeah. Okay. So. But he will have a book. Yes. We'll have a book called Snow Day for Children. <laughs> yeah. And older children. <laughs> My wife thinks I'm an older child. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, when you work with youth for 15 years or more, yep. 
you kind of get kind of get child crazy. Yep, for <laughs> sure, for sure. I always have a sweet spot in my heart for the youth and all those years in youth ministry, for sure. Yeah, I, I tell people that I I feel like I'm 16 sometimes, and my wife will say, "Yeah, but he acts like he's 12." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I get the same thing. <laughs> And I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to our topic. Yeah. Now you, you picked a topic that's actually near and dear to my heart. Okay, it. it's on in Chronicles, Second Chronicles, seven fourteen. But I want to read seven thirteen and fourteen. Yes, and we're going to discuss this. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is interesting. And before I read it and talk about it, I want to mention that. The COVID issue that we've had for the last couple of years has really pulled out in my mind uh, and what I'm seeing with a lot of people who are, say they're Christians, claim to be Christians, or on the fringes somewhere, um, the idea that God is all about loving, protecting, caring for any of us all the time, no matter what. And yet in Scripture, it's not necessarily that way for anybody who doesn't serve him. And this passage it hits this directly between the eyes. And that's really why I like it. And there's a lot to be said about it. And I've talked about this through 2020. If you've watched most of my programs, I have brought this up because of the issues I've watched with people and the disregarding of, of holiness and the disregarding of uh, serving and obedience to just, you know, well, God's going to protect me no matter what. God should heal everything. Where's God? I mean, the whole the whole idea. So I, I like this passage. When you yeah. pulled it out to me, I'm like, well, yes. <laughs> yeah, there there is a lot to this passage, and not just 13 preceding oh. 14, but actually from before that and and that's the stuff that actually gets me even more supercharged about this as we see Solomon and and we can talk more about yeah. Solomon's prayer of dedication over the temple and all of that because all of that is actually it leads us into this, this 714 passage. passage. Yeah. So the passage says this. This is chapter 7 on second chronicles 13 and 14. It says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is, words. this is your topic, this is your thing, tell us, So open it up for us. So this, um, you know, talking about my Israel trips, um, this passage and backing up actually uh, in uh, Second Chronicles uh, over into uh, chapter 6, where we we see Solomon giving the prayer of dedication over the temple that he's just built. All of this was actually um, the premise for my 2019 Israel trip. 
with the songwriters. And in fact, I, I entitled that trip Turn. Um, and based on this idea of turning in 714, that, um, that it says, you know, and turn from sin and their wicked ways. Now, there are, uh, you know, th this is a verb to turn. And there are four verbs in this passage. And it's to humble yourselves, mm -hmm. right? To pray, to seek, and then to turn. So these are very specific things that God shares with us. But, but he, just, he doesn't just pull those arbitrarily out of his God hat, right? These are things that if you go back in, uh, in 2 Chronicles 6 and you read through the prayer that Solomon is praying to dedicate the temple. And incidentally, um, I actually prefer uh, the prayer that he speaks in, in Kings. Um, and it's, let's see, is it, yeah, Kings, 1 Kings in chapter 8 of 1 Kings. I think it, it actually spells out a little bit more and a little bit better from 1 Kings in that recounting of it. But it's this idea, and he lays out uh, in that Chronicles 6 seven different things where he is saying in these seven items, when God, when your people encounter these things, do these things, fall away into these things, um, but then are reminded and they turn back toward you. Will you hear them from heaven where you live? And when you hear, will you forgive them? And so he's doing this. And, and if you read in that over and over and over again, and I've just circled in here these things uh, as he begins with the first one in Second uh, Chronicles 6.22. Um, he, he starts, when a man wrongs his neighbor and... Uh, and, but then he comes and swears by an oath uh, before the altar in this temple, then hear from heaven an act. And so he's saying there's an act of turning. So when, when he swears by an oath, this is a prayer before God, and he comes to the temple, and that idea of coming to the temple is actually to turn back towards Zion, mm -hmm. right? to turn back. And, um, and God, when you see this person committing this act of repentance before you, will you hear them from heaven where you live? And when you hear, will you forgive them? And then he goes through another one. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy uh, and they've been taken away uh, against their will, but when they turn back, and confess your name, praying. Once again, this idea of praying, turning back. Um, we'll, and they, it says again here, turning back to this temple. Uh, when you hear them from heaven, will you forgive? Um, and then another, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain. Now this is 13, right? Mm -hmm. 713. 
this no rain idea because your people have sinned. And they pray toward this place, the temple, and confess your name. Uh, and it says again, turn from their sin. When you hear from, in, from heaven where you live, will you forgive? And again, and again, and again, seven times Solomon prays these different things. And it's the same seven in Second Chronicles as it is in First Kings 8. And so as Solomon is doing this and he's dedicating this temple, he's called all of the Israelites to gather and everyone is there. And it's this huge, I, I just can imagine the throngs of people gathered around as Solomon is praying this prayer of dedication. The Ark of the Covenant is there. All the priests are there in all their regalia. And it's just got to be this massive worship celebration and dedication that later Solomon um, will even, he'll sacrifice 22,000 cattle. Um, you know, bulls for, uh, for this very dedication and more. And so you have, to, you have to understand those prayers that he's setting up because then when we get to 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14 and God is speaking, he comes to Solomon in the night, it says, and he speaks to Solomon in response to all of these prayers, and and that's where you read, you know, when I shut up the heavens, remember I read that just a little bit earlier, and there is no rain, I read that a little bit ago too, uh, or command locusts, that's also in there, to devour the land, um, if my people then, who are called by my name, right, and then we go into the rest of that. If they will humble themselves, if they will pray, if they will seek my face and then turn, right? And again and again in that passage before, he's saying when they turn toward this temple, when they remember, when they come back. Um, and so that, uh, there's more, but um, but that is really what, gets me on fire because this is, in my opinion, this is the whole of scripture. It's what we're about. It's why Jesus came to remind us to turn back toward God. And as you mentioned a little bit ago, I mean, we live in this world where um, my wife and I have been talking about, I've, I've never experienced in my lifetime a time that is more polarized with opinion about things. Just it doesn't seem like there's uh, middle ground so much anymore. You're either this or you are this, and we're vehemently opposed against one another. And, um, and I just, man, I was just speaking with... Uh, somebody in one of the churches that I was <clears throat> guest uh, worship pastoring in and just reminding them uh, because they were speaking about, oh, that other church down the way. And I was cautioning them, you need to be careful about the things that you say against the bride of Christ. Like they may not say everything that you agree with or believe everything that you believe, but don't think for a second that 
you have it all right in your heart, in your mind. And, and let's, let's be in this place where we can embrace our Christian brothers and sisters across the world. And so um, it gets a little scary, I think, when, when our churches are competing against another and battling for position against one another um, instead of finding places of common ground. And, yeah, it, it's interesting because um, I have... I have looked at lots of different denominations, and I know when I was young, uh, denominations were, were a big thing. And, you know, if you were, uh, I've heard people who are Methodists talk about, well, I guess if you're a Baptist, then you need to get saved. Or Baptists say, well, if you're a Methodist, you need to get saved. Because you know, they were actually thinking that their denomination was correct, and everybody else needed to get saved. Yeah, there was a problem. There was sin. There, were, there was something because they didn't believe in the same doctrinal structure that that they did. And I've also been in traveling. My wife and I love to travel too. <laughs> and in traveling, we're realizing there are churches in other places of the world, and even probably here in the United States, that will say, "Well, if you don't believe once you're saved, you're always saved. Or if you don't believe that we can lose your salvation, you're you're not a Christian at all." And you're not welcome in our church. And those kind of things are like total red flags. Yeah. You know, uh, the Apostle John wrote in 1 John about loving other, the brethren. He didn't say loving your denomination or loving, of course, back then, denominations were very different. But, or loving the city where you came from, that church, it's loving all brethren. And, I, and I, he says, if you don't, then you're not really part of God. Well, I think we get we're we're in danger in these places, and and I know I'm a little off track here from from this scripture, but sure makes me think about these things where even as a church we're not even unified. I guess is my point. Yeah. Um. And and we're becoming more and more polarized. Um. But I. Um, you know, I just, I, I believe that uh, doctrinally we have a lot to discuss, don't we? <laughs> and and the, the hard part, and, and I do not confess to be like some great theologian. I am not that guy. Um, I'm, I'm a humble man with scripture in hand and trying to dig in every day to the best of my ability and listen and learn and grow. But but I do believe it comes down to, are we going to be lovers of the law or, uh, or live by the law of love? And I believe that's who Jesus is in our, in our hearts when we're right, um, is living by the law of love and remembering Jesus didn't go out there. Um, yes, he, he had harsh words at times for people to to cause them to turn back, to cause them to think about the things that they were doing. But I believe God is love. And I believe he demonstrated that once and for all time through Jesus. And I think, since you brought up the law, I think if we really understood the law when it was originally given, it wasn't given out of the idea that the law was supposed to be legalistic 
or the law was do's and don'ts. The law was about, you know, the relationship that we have with others. Always. And how we treat one another and yes. the benefits of the, treating one another as well as the consequences, both positive and negative, of when we act upon the law, which was about the relationship, or we disregard the law, which also was about disregarding the relationships. So I really believe that we human type people tend to destroy what God has given and become, make, it, make it into a law of legalism rather than a law of, as you say, love. Because I don't think Jesus came different and made it different. No. He, he came to explain how it was supposed to be Absolutely. originally. Absolutely. And it's not like God realized, oh, well, they're never going to be able to follow these all these <laughs> rules. I guess I need to send Jesus. It was never that. <laughs> God knew we couldn't. Well, if we understand the it, beginning, and if we understand that Jesus created all things, what is that? Jesus is in fact God. Yes. So God came down yes. as a man. He's not changing the law. In fact, He said, "He's not. I'm not destroying right. I it. I come to fulfill it. I came to fulfill yeah. it exactly." Yeah. So I think that when we look at these kind of passages, what are we looking at? We're looking at people who are His people, regardless of. What denomination you go to? Because I say I think denominations overall are pretty good. I think they're important. In fact, what I do believe is the problem is that people get in into these denominations and they think, well, other denominations are not are not saved or good or following Jesus, and that's just not true. And it gets into judgmentalism. Exactly. And that's where I'm saying we are not to be the judge. Yes. Now, I. I don't agree with everything out there, and I'd be the first one to say. But I'm not going to sit and condemn my brothers and sisters for their beliefs. I am going to try to work as hard as I know how to be deep into Scripture, to understand it as best I know how, to inform myself about where I feel God, God needs me to be. And stop worrying so much about telling other people where they should be. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's important to understand when, when, when God is talking here, he's saying, if my people, hello, all of you who, are my, who claim to be mine, listen up. Right. He's not talking to non-believers here. He's talking to those who believe. If my, my people, people. Yeah. Okay, humble themselves, if my people will... Pray, if my people seek my face, if yeah. my people turn, then yes, then I will I will hear heal, them and heal and their heal land. land. Amen. And and we need to get on board with this. You know, I've, yeah. I've, I've said for a long time, the, you know, people complain about the way our country is. And it's, people in every country complain the way their country is. But a lot of the reasons why our country is the way it is without you know, anything about God in our textbooks or creation in our textbooks or, you know, we have the things in the government now disavowing, you know, Ten Commandments or all these things. Well, it's because you shut up, you turn your backs and you allow evil to jump in, you know, back years ago and it's just created more and more and more yeah. and filtered you out more and more and this is, you brought it on yourselves. Yeah. Well, so what I would say, too, is that this message, though thousands of years ago, it's pertinent 
for us today. Absolutely. And as you fast forward, and if you if you read in Isaiah 40, in in the time of Babylonian exile, where he's telling the people, um, he's actually going before God and and saying, God, your people have paid the price now. Will you comfort your people? And he tells in that passage, uh, Isaiah 40, um, that there is someone coming. There is a messenger, right? And he will help prepare the way. Um, and then, and then I think this is what brings it full circle to us when we get into uh, into Matthew, and we see John the Baptist who comes on the scene, and he's actually quoting that Isaiah passage, um, where the people, he's saying, "Your people are ready to turn, God." Will you comfort them? They've paid their penance, if you will. Um, and so God releases them to, to go back home. And, um, and then John the Baptist comes around in, what is it? Yeah, three, uh, Matthew 3. And he's saying again, and I think this goes back to that time of Solomon. What's the, one of the first teachings that he says? Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near, right? And so this is this whole idea of God has sent Jesus. And what is that word repent? But turn from your wickedness. Yes. Confess, pray before the Lord, seek him, humble yourself. It's that same message all tied up in that beautiful word, repent. And then... So John the Baptist actually says that. And then if you, uh, you know, look across the page or to the next page, then you have Jesus actually quoting John the Baptist in that mm -hmm. saying, you know, uh, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's his first big sermon to yeah. the world saying, turn back to God. Do what Solomon said so long ago. You've walked away. You've done all of that list of seven things over and over and over again, generation after generation. And it is time you wake up. And I'm here to show you how to wake up from that. And even when he healed people, he, the things he would say to them, you know, you'd heal them and say, and, and sin no more. He's telling them, yeah. you need to live the way Scripture tells you to live. Yes. And it's pretty consistent. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in the Old Testament or New Testament. It's really consistent. Very consistent. Because so. then you see the disciples and apostles later who are giving those very same messages. Paul, again and again in his letters, uh, saying to people, repent, turn your hearts, come back to the temple or to God is what it really means. Yeah. Come back to that holy place before him. Yeah, and even Peter, live a holy life. Absolutely. You know, it's Absolutely. really, really, I love it. The fact it's consistent. Like yeah. That. And that's what, that's why I love this text. I just think it is, and it tentacles out in so many incredible ways. We could talk for days on yeah. it. And I think the people who pray for healing, who pray for stuff, need to consider the fact that they need to look at themselves first. You know, how, are, they, are they in a place where they live in sin? Well, then how is God going to heal the things you're asking when you're not even living for him? Yeah. And I think that's really important that we understand this as a people of God, 
that, if, that how is God going to bless you if you're refusing to honor him? Yeah. Let's so. let's turn that pointing finger inward. Yeah. Work on ourselves and then love with the love of Jesus. Yeah, outside just, of ourselves. It's just like what I was saying about the husband and wife. This is way off, but you know, when these husbands write in and say, aren't my wife, are our wives supposed to obey us? It's like, well, wait a minute. Are you loving her as Christ loved the church? Yeah. Let's turn that finger back in and say, are you living the life that God is saying you need to be in a way of obedience and holiness? Yeah. yeah. It's really where it lies. Absolutely. So. Well, this has been good. I have enjoyed it, Alan. Thank oh, you. I'm so I'm glad so you came. I'm so honored by yeah. the invitation to come and join you today. Well, I, I really pray that God blesses you and blesses your ministry as thank you continue. You. I he, really think what you do. He definitely is. It's a good work. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today. I'm so glad that you're able to be a part of this. And I hope you share this uh, program today. And uh, everyone, you have a nice day, a wonderful day, and aloha. Alan Cutting and the Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.